twin flames welcome back to another episode of the spiritual gaze oh that was gorgeous thank you i am one of your hosts angel i'm your other host brandon and this is our twice monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense because we're explorers here at the spiritual gaze yeah we're like indiana jones except really gay I mean... And not afraid of snakes. That's true. I'm not afraid of snakes. No, me neither. And I'm really gay. Yeah. But we all hate Nazis. Well, that's a given. Something we have in common. Everyone here at the Spiritual Gaze And Indiana Jones. I agree with that. Yes. Should we introduce ourselves before we fall down that bleak rabbit hole? (laughs) Yeah. Who are you? Uh, I am Angel Lopez. I am a writer and a film producer and an astrologer and teacher and queeler. Yes, queeler. You've worked hard to make that happen, and I support it. Thank you. It's a queer healer for all of you who are new to the term. Queeler! And you? I'm Brandon Alter. I'm also a queeler. I'm a teacher of tarot. I'm sorry, will you say that one more time? I'm a queeler. Wow. (laughs) If you've been following along, you know how much that means to me. Yeah. I'm sorry, continue. I'm a shamanic queeler, uh, a breathwork energy queeler, and I queel with the tarot and astrology as well. And I'm also a writer and a performer and an all-around, you know, weirdo. Crystalista. Yeah, I'm a crystalista. You're a hairstylist. Oh, my God, you guys, I cut Angel's hair (laughs) this week, and we are still together. We are. I still have a few more notes, but, you know, we'll get to them. But, I mean, it looks really good. No, you did a really great job. I did an amazing job. For someone who's never cut hair ever in your life. And who watched literally a four-minute Instagram tutorial video. I mean, I tried to get him to do more, but... Honestly, I I just approached it the way I approach everything, which is, like, with a little bit of homework and more just intuitive gut feeling. Yeah. Tell us about those Aries planets, honey. Well, I did four minutes of research, and now I'm just going to... No, I do a little bit more research than that, but... He's got a couple of planets and Aries in his first house. Ah, uh, I've got a stellium in that Aries first house. So there you go. I just like to feel it. What can I say? But I cut you a mean haircut, mister. No, you did. And you're very particular with your haircut. Uh, extremely, like you, I think would be the word. You would go to before before La Quarantina. In the would, before time? Yeah, in the before time. You would go to professional hairdressers and you would come back dissatisfied. So the odds were against me from the start. And yet, I pretty much managed to satisfy you. And yet, we're still together. Yeah, we're still together, everybody. Yeah. And it looks great. No, it does. I know. You look so handsome. Somebody Thanks. even said that you look like you just like got back from vacation. Somebody did say that. That's how good of a hairdresser I am. On my very first try, I, I make my clients look like they've just come back from a long vacation. And then it inspired me to cut my own hair a little bit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Wow. I trimmed my own hair a little bit. Well, it looks great. I mean, just like a little bit of the sides. That was all. Well, we're doing it. We're here. here We're we thriving. Are. So that was our hair check. <laughs> yes. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, so you can find us on Instagram at... Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the spiritual scissors. Oh, geez, no. So yes, that was our hair check-in. But shall we do a little bit of a check-in check-in? An internal check-in? I mean, for the Leos out there, a hair check-in is That's an true. internal check-in. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I always say, like, I know if a Leo's in touch with their power or not based upon their hair. Oh, that's that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, I think it's true. Or Leo Risings, you know? Yeah. Like, 
I know those Leo risings always have a good mane. Yeah. And if they don't, it's because they're afraid of their own personal power. Wow. I'm shook. Sorry if I just read someone for filth. We're not sorry. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's check in. Let's have a little internal check-in. The part of the show where I find out more about Angel than I do in any other day moment of her life. (laughs) Oh, please. (laughs) How are you doing, babe? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, actually. You seem like you're doing pretty well. Yeah, except for the... uh, uh, the, the daily of ailments yes. that mysteriously manifest on your body. <laughs> I have a strange parade of ailments that seem to show up on a daily basis, and I berate Brandon with them. Oh my god, there's so many, and they're all so minor. <laughs> I know. So every day, it's almost like I'm like a like a child walking up to him, being like, "Look." My ear hurts. My There's ear a weird hurts. bruise on the heel of my left foot. I mean, it's a big bruise. It is actually a pretty big bruise. He's like, woke up with a big bruise on my foot. I mean, these things happen in quarantine days. Who knows what's going on? Well, we know what's going on. You've got Uranus moving through your sixth house. No, it's actually moving through my 12th house, but it's opposing oh. my Uranus, my natal Uranus that lives in the sixth house. Oh, so it's just your getting, whole life. Yes. This is what astrologers refer to as a midlife crisis. Oh, the Uranus opposition. Yes. Well, so nice to be stuck in quarantine with you while it's happening. Oh, it's great. I mean, look, if I had all resources available to me, who knows what terrible things I could be doing. Actually, that's very true. And uh, didn't Anne say to you that like the Uranus return like, is one of two ways? Like when it happens in your 20s? Like you either like rebel or get really conservative. And then when it happens in your 40s, it's like the opposite. Well, she said, this is Anne Orderly, who I just had a reading with last week, my one of my, my favorite astrologer. One of our astro sages. Yeah. Uh, well, she was saying that if you were wild and rebellious in your 20s, then you get conservative in your 40s. Got it. And, and uh, if you I were... think vice versa, yeah. You were a little bit of both, I feel like. I was. I was pretty even keeled. I I think you were... You, you were... Okay. What do you mean? Well, like, you... You didn't know me. I didn't know you, but the stories I've heard of you, like in your San Francisco, New York days, were pretty wild. They were they were wild in like, well, they I don't know if they were wild. There were there were a lot of drugs, but they were all done like at home. I mean, but they were still a lot of drugs <laughs> that were done. It doesn't matter where you where you do those. I know, but I feel like wild. you're doing drugs and you're like running around the streets and like wrecking havoc on like other people's emotional lives or you're doing them at home and like watching Bjork videos with your friends and then like coming down and like eating a pizza. So I feel like that's not, that's pretty conservative. That to me, that feels conservative. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Uh, But yeah. uh, So beyond the, yeah, the, the physical business, uh, I think I'm doing much better than I was doing you know, weeks and weeks ago when I was really kind of swirling in the anxiety soup. Um, But who knows? We're having some retrograde action. Uh, So I'm going to have to rewalk some of that terrain from earlier. And we're going to actually dive deep into all of the retrograde business that is happening amongst us right now. We've got retrograde fever. So we're going to try to break this fever with some with some information. Exactly. 
but uh but yeah i'm i'm doing well i'm i'm keeping busy i'm feeling like my creative mojo coming back and working on some creative projects that i'm excited about i'm in the middle of three different scripts that i'm that i'm feeling really excited by and um and then just also very excited by all the great stuff we're doing with our spiritual gaze community you know we've been we're like now three quarters of the way through our tarot and cosmos class and i know that, we only have three classes left yeah um and that's so just been such a i know i'm gonna be sad i'm gonna too. miss everybody i know everyone's been so great we're gonna have to have like a monthly like check-in i know um but but yeah it's just been wonderful to forge that community and it's extended out through our monthly webinars and our bi-weekly breathwork circles we've just been like i think communing with a lot of really great like-minded people and that's just been so helpful through this yeah we fucking love y'all yeah and we're gonna have an astrology class coming up that we're gonna start in august yes an 11 week astrology immersion led by angel lopez our fearless astrological leader um and i'll be his like sexy ta yeah. Um, but who will have a lot of really great have a things lot to say, to say <laughs> as well. So, no, it's going to be great. I think it'll be a real, um, you know, you and I, I think, together have like a whole variety of uh, just beliefs and things that we've learned over the years uh, no, we that we bring system. to the table. Yeah. So I'm really excited to merge them and yeah. uh, to share it with everyone. So, yeah, we'll start uh putting more information out about that soon and then there will be doing another tarot and cosmos yes tarot and cosmos is going to happen again so if you didn't get in the first time don't cry into your pillow just get ready to sign up when it starts again in october yeah so lots of fun stuff so i'm feeling optimistic and excited so we shall see should we let the gazers help us pick a title for the astrology class yeah we can do that now, I brought up the idea of astrology for seekers. Which I love, which I love all of these. Yeah. But I also then thought astrology is magic. Which I also love. Yeah. But then Brandon had come up with this idea for chart and soul. Because the class is really going to be about like learning astrology so that you can read your own chart. And I love yeah. a pun because I'm an Aquarius. So I thought, what about calling it chart and soul? Yeah, which I think is really great, too. My only issue with the chart and soul is that it doesn't have the word astrology in it, which when people are searching for things, you kind of want astrology there. Totally. But who knows if that really matters in the way that we'll be promoting it. Yeah. And I'm also like maybe like astrology for seekers or astrology is magic is like what all of the spiritual gaze astrology classes are called. And then this particular class is called chart and soul. Right. Like all the spiritual gaze tarot classes are called tarot and cosmos, you know, but then we'll be like tarot and cosmos, like advanced practices or right tarot and cosmos dance party with the court cards. So we'll throw something up on the stories with this and you all can help us. Yeah. Weigh in. Help us make give it. us some thoughts on it. Uh, but anyhow, my check-in became like a whole other thing. So please check in. Well, that's in. Gemini season, isn't it? You talk about one yes. thing and then you're talking about everything. Just spiraling through. I know. But you know, the Spiritual Gaze podcast is a Gemini and it's feeling really good recording in Gemini season, I guess. I agree. Yeah. yeah. We're moving. We're moving. Uh, how about you, babe? Uh, the word. Remember how like Pee Wee Herman had like a word of the day? Oh, yeah, and yeah. And the like disembodied genie head would like scream every time it got said out loud. Uh, what was his name? The disembodied. I was just genie. thinking, was it Jom? Jombie. Jombie. Was it Jombie? I believe so. I think it was. Uh, 
The word for me these past few weeks is acceptance. Mm. Really leaning into, struggling with, wrestling with, being pinned down by, and then accepting acceptance. <laughs> um, and it's a really beautiful, deeply spiritual practice. I almost thought we could like do a whole episode on acceptance because it's like such a deep spiritual principle and so much of like the Eastern philosophies are kind of centered around acceptance. But for me, I realized that I have been like working so hard behind the scenes in my own like 12th house son sort of way to fight what's happening and to try to like manipulate events and just like assert my control on situations, particularly like around like our moving situation, you know, like figuring out like where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And I have really crossed over into just accepting and it feels really good. Like I'm not assuming that I know better anymore. I'm really giving it all up to spirit and I've started saying a little prayer every morning that's really about that, like relinquishing my life to spirit and um, asking spirit to direct my, direct my dreams and direct my day. And it has really helped a lot with like my anxiety. And I think you'll even notice like there were things that you were like afraid to bring up to me because you thought I would be upset. And then you did. And I was like, oh, that's fine. That's just how I was supposed yeah. to be. Because I'm living in acceptance, everybody, and it is, uh, it's a nice place to be if you can get here. So that's kind of my check-in. I love that, hon, and I'm feeling that from you. So you're walking your talk. I mean, today, at least. <laughs> Lord, help me tomorrow. No, tomorrow, tomorrow's Sunday. It's, this, it's our Sabbath, so I'll really be in acceptance. Wow. But yeah, I think it's, uh, it's so human of us to like try to control other people or to control external events and try to bend people to our will. And it just usually ends up with us having egg all over our face and, and crying about it. So it's been really nice to kind of operate from another, from another way. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And ironically, my card for last month was the lovers, which is all about duality. It's the Gemini card. And it was in the reverse position, which meant it was going to be a little complicated and now that I'm looking back, I realized that last month was actually really teaching me how to move from my like controller self to my like acceptor self and to like not direct my life, but to just like be a player in it. That is so key. Here I am. Got to be the main character of your story. And then I want to check in just about the cactus flowers in the backyard. Oh, real quick. We just have these these two cacti there's like a really big giant cacti that my friend michelle gave me when it was just like a one like long tall skinny cacti and since then it sprouted two arms this was many years ago and every summer it like blooms these big like night blooming flowers that only open for like a night or two and last night one of them opened and it was just like gorgeous yeah and then we have this little barrel cactus that in the summer produces one two sometimes three yellow flowers and that yellow flower opened last night as well yeah on the night of the gemini new moon yeah, they both just the twins. The twin flowers on the <laughs> they came moon. out. <laughs> I'm just thrilled by these things. Yeah. They are really beautiful. There's photos on the Insta if you want to see what these <laughs> cactus flowers look like. Well, by the time they hear this, I'll put the them in the highlights. We'll be gone. Okay, great. Yeah, you can you can see the highlights in the of the cactus flowers in the stories. 
All right, should we segue uh, before we get into our retrograde parade? Oh my God, it's a retrograde parade. Yes, my new single. Um, should we uh, give the children what they want? Because it's time for this episode's Dose, Dose of Reality. So where do you want to go first, honey? Do you want to go to New York? Do you want to go to Atlanta? Do you want to go to Beverly Hills? Do you want to go to Corfu, a small island off the coast of Greece? Oh. Or do I want to go to a bunch of drag queens' living rooms? Oh my gosh, totally. <laughs> There's so many places to go. There really, there really are. Uh, I think where we should really go if we're going to talk about a dose of reality is to Farmington, New Mexico. Oh, my sweet, sweet goddess. Uh, we mentioned this show, We're Here, uh, last on our last episode, which is this HBO unscripted series that stars three of uh, the drag race queens, Shangela, Bob the Drag Queen, and Eureka O'Hara, and the three of them go around and basically pair up with people in different small towns and give them a drag queen makeover, but also really delve deeply into their personal lives. And the queer politics of that community. Yes. And this show, we're not, I don't think we need to go into too many details about it. We just want to promote it. We don't even, we're, we're having, we're not associated with it, but like, this is a show I, I'm not, I'm not urging any of you to watch Below Deck Sailing Yacht. No. But I am urging you In to fact, watch We're, we're Here. we're urging you not to watch Below Deck <laughs> right. Sailing Yacht. But yes, do watch We're Here. It is so powerful and deeply moving. And it's kind of my favorite thing I've seen on TV in a really long time. It really is. It's so, this so touching. Most recent episode took place in Farmington, New Mexico. And one of the participants that was paired with Bob the drag queen mm -hmm. um, was living and maybe is still living on the Navajo reservation. Yeah, still living. And so there was this really powerful, moving and complex blend of like queer identity and native identity and spirituality. And it was and had some personal like was hit by a car. Yeah. And so it was like dealing with also just like physical body. Yeah, just so much adversity. And it basically like culminates in this gorgeous performance. That had Angel and I ugly crying so, so oh, much. We paused. We had, we to, had pause to pause to like go get tissues. <laughs> so anyhow, just throwing that out there. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely like the high vibe of oh. the reality TV that is out there in the world. Totally. Um, so hopefully you'll check it out if you're not already watching. But enough high vibe. Let's go. Let's slide into the gutter. Just down, down deep. I just want to briefly touch on Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Yeah. I understand, theoretically, if you want to feel like a baller and you like want to bring drugs onto your yacht vacation, Ooh. okay. But if you are going on a vacation that you know is being filmed, how dumb are you to bring your fucking drugs on board? Like, I just don't understand. I also don't understand why you would want to be doing cocaine if you were, like, on a yacht in the middle of, like, the ocean. Like, that's when you want to get amped up. Do you know what I mean? Like, a quaalude, sure. You well, we don't I mean? know yet, right? That's we, don't we don't know, know if it it's is. cocaine. Or, has... like, crushed up Ritalin. Or... Exactly. But we know that a very douchey guest was making snorting sounds 
in a bathroom multiple times and white powder was spotted by two different uh crew members on board yeah and his eyes were practically rolling in the back of his head while he's sitting there at dinner hey man i just was like i just you know the stupidity of people never ceases to surprise me sometimes no i feel you Uh, you're being filmed you're being filmed i know but i mean the whole cast is made up of people made doing stupid things right and they all know they're being filmed fair enough but at least they're getting paid true do not watch below deck sailing yacht everybody i'm sad we did yeah, but the best part about it is that we have it has now given over to commercials for Below Deck Mediterranean. <laughs> so Captain Sandy is back. She's coming back. And she's got Hannah. Mm-hmm. Remember everyone's favorite Australian Chief Stew Hannah. She's back. Well, not everyone's favorite. All right, calm down. And uh, there's also going to be a female bosun, which is the lead of the like the crew of the deck crew. Yeah. So it's like a girl power cast, and we're very excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling like this might be the last big hurrah for the blow deck. I mean, it's going to have to be. Solely because after like the last season of below the normal below deck and just how like terrible it was, the fact that Kate has quit the series, like where do you really go from there? Um, I don't know. They'll figure it out. Anyhow, any hoodle. Uh, I think it's worth bringing up the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills oh, because sure. they had an astrologer on. They did have an astrologer on who actually like knew his shit. He was a yeah. good astrologer. I thought so too. Leave it to Erica Jane. She would know. Yeah. And I loved how they projected onto the screen like everyone's top big three, their sun, their moon, their rising. Yeah. Um, and it was really like, he was basically just kind of giving them like blanket reads off of like, I, what, what felt like off of those three signs. Off of those three things for the most part. Yeah. Uh, we already knew that there was a lot of cancer Capricorn polarity energy in these ladies. Yeah. Um, no Aries energy in any of their, uh, big three. No, not a lot of fire at all. Not a lot really. of fire at all. Yeah, it's true. I think you had a Sag. You have Garcelle, who's, who's a Sag. Sag son, and, and then Kyle Richards is a Leo rising, which makes a lot of sense. Which explains it all. And her hair. Hello. I know. Um, see, she had those bangs that she had to get for the movie, and she felt insecure, and that's why she took it out on everybody because she was a Leo <laughs> rising, and she wasn't feeling her hair power. <laughs> totally. Um, but it was super fun to watch that. Yeah. I thought so. Much more fun than watching Dorit pretend to direct, decorate a, a Buca de Beppo, Buca de Beppo guest room. A Buca de Beppo. <laughs> I mean, I'm not here to like throw shade at Buca de Beppo. I'm just here to throw shade at Dorit. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are your life choices when you're not even like franchising a restaurant? You're just decorating a room in a franchised restaurant. And then saying that you're making an investment in a large restaurant. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, yeah, you if you were if you were making an investment into the whole chain and like I were, there's going to be a Dorit Kimsley themed room in every Buca de Beppo across the nation. I'd still throw you shade, but I'd also respect. <laughs> but the fact that she's literally decorating one room in, in one Buca de Beppo, de Beppo that's like in Studio City or what have you and like it's becoming a whole storyline. That just shows you how sad things are becoming in Beverly Hills. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> Not as sad, though, as things are in New York City. I mean... I mean, there is some tragedy going on there. Oh, my gosh. It's just like... If you're all watching, you know. The Real Housewives of New York City has just become like drunk white women on the Upper East Side. It really has. Like it's Sad, drunk white women. Sad, single, drunk white women on the Upper East Side. 
And the new girl, Leah. I know. Is the most effortless addition to a housewife cast that I've ever seen. Like she just has slid right in. Everybody likes her. She knows exactly the game that she's playing. And as Angel said, she responds to things the way Angel would respond to things if he were a cast member on the housewives. Yeah. She just feels so relatable. Like she, she like people do things and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And I just feel like that's literally what I'm saying on the couch while I'm watching them. So we're here for Leah. Yeah. I am a fan. We're a big fan. I mean, she definitely has her, you know, complications, but she's on a reality show and what else would you do? I fell into like a rabbit hole of an article that was like 40 things the Real Housewives are like not allowed to do during a season. And I didn't know that they weren't allowed to change their hairstyle during a season Mm. because they film their interview looks over like months and months and months. So they have to be able to look the same. Like they choose those three interview looks and then they have to like get back into them. I always thought oh. they did them in a day, but they don't. They do them over time. Wow. So if they change their hair, it eliminates continuity, which is probably why a lot of those housewives have started messing with wigs more and more because it allows them to change their hairstyle, but still have the continuity in those talking heads. That's true. I Fascinating, mean, right? Yeah. They all have a ponytail they can throw into their hair. Also found out that all of their phone calls must be made public, which is why they always are on speakerphone because producers need to hear both sides of the conversation. Yeah. Fascinating. Didn't know that. Yeah, that I knew. And I'm always immediately taken back to the moment when Ramona Singer was taking that phone call with Bethany and they got into the fight and she's like literally standing like in the street <laughs> like no, screaming yeah. at Bethany. And her poor dog's she, yeah, like almost getting her hit dog's by a car. like, yeah, having to like have cars swerve around it. So ridiculous. Um, and although the real winners, I think, of the reality showdown are the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh my goddess, they really turned that Zoom reunion into something worth watching. Yeah, it has been so fun to watch. Like, you know, we we mentioned Drag Race briefly at the beginning and they had their Zoom reunion, which was just kind of like a wasted fine. episode, a snooze fest. No one cares. Yeah, there was, you know, a couple good looks, but beyond that, it was just like I don't know. We won't even go there. But I it was like the, a stand-in. It yeah. was like a stand-in where an episode should have been. Yeah, well, no one really wanted to talk about what was really going on. Well, they probably weren't allowed to by producers. That's fair. But in Atlanta, I have can gay talk questions, about all things okay? and more. I have gay questions, and I need gay answers, and I'm pretty upset. Well, you're not going to get them. <sighs> I know. I'm in acceptance about it. That's <laughs> well, what we good. call a callback. Good, good. All right, well, we can ramble on and on. We can Gemini ramble on and on all day about the various reality television series. But that have been keeping us... In good spirits in the evenings. It's true. During La Quarantina. But we really should spend the rest of our episode kind of exploring your best game plan for working with the retrograde parade. So without any further Gemini chit-chat, let's head into this episode. Oh, but you know what I was saying? Sorry. (laughs) Just kidding. Are you just kidding? (laughs) Oh my God, you're being so Gemini. This episode's Deep Dive! So what planets are retrograde again right now? Well, currently we have Jupiter, Uh Saturn, Uh Venus, and Pluto. Got it. And then we're going to get a couple more added to that to that fun moving bunch. 
Well, we're going to get Mercury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later this year, we'll get Mars. But Mercury will be direct when? Mercury and Venus will both be direct. Oh, then. okay. Yeah. But it's just like a big year of retrogrades. Well, I, I feel it. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I think we all do. <laughs> what do you mean? However, however well, we're all being could you forced mean to by that? sit still. Yeah, it's a slowdown. I've been having this recurring image of like when you're working with planets moving direct, you're like jogging alongside them, like having a conversation, you know, which can be okay. challenging. Uh-huh. And then when a planet like moves, like when a planet stations to go direct, they just like stop jogging. And so, if you just like keep jogging, you're going to lose them. You have to like stop with them. Right. So you can like hear what they're going to say. Oh, that's funny. Which in some ways is kind of- Are they wearing a mask? I mean, (laughs) girl. But in some ways it's kind of a relief, right? That like a planet slows down and you get the opportunity to slow down with it, maybe even stop so that you can hear it, you know, more clearly. Right. Like you get to meditate with the planet as opposed to like jog with it. Yeah, I think- that is the the medicine of these situations. But I think the challenge is that not everyone in the world is approaching it from that perspective, right? Not everybody wants to meditate on their relationships, <laughs> their opportunity for expansion, their deep soul transformation, yeah, the responsibility of their soul. Other people are just like, when can I go shopping again? When can I get my hair done? Girl. So, you when know. When can I get my hair done? <laughs> exactly. So then it just becomes a pushing up against of these slow down energies, right? When you're like trying to move forward and... Like trying to push a planet uphill. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like trying to push a planet up a hill. Uh, so yeah, as you were, you were sort of talking about all the different things that all these planets represent. Um, so we just felt like it was a good idea to just talk about this since it is such a collection or a parade, as you said. So when we have all these retrograde energies, I think it's important to understand them so that you can really work with them. And I think working with them is twofold. You work with them from understanding what the planet represents, what sign it's in. And if you know your chart, then what area of your chart that is. Uh, And then it's timing also because it's retrograding back to a degree that we've already passed over. Exactly, experienced. So we have this opportunity to retrace some steps that we've already taken and on some level redo thematically these actions that we may have already done and make sure that we, you know, made the right choices or made choices that are in alignment with our soulful, authentic selves. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto. We'll just kind of group them together because we've talked about these planets before. Yeah, as Anne Orderly calls them, the pandemic planets. The pandemic planets. Uh, because, yeah, they all met up in Capricorn uh, toward the end of January. And that was when the pandemic was really starting to make its way out of China and into other parts of the world in a in a more major way. Then we started to see that, oh, this is going to become a global thing. Um, and because Pluto and Saturn are 
both really interested in our transformation, right? And on some level, even both of them are interested in the structures. You know, Pluto is interested in our internal structure, you know, like what we've built our internal beliefs on, you know, that those subconscious areas that are usually like stories from our childhood that we've then built our actions and mentalities on. And then you have Saturn, which is the planet that rules our inter- our external structures uh, and ultimately our relationship with authority and with responsibility, you know, how we parent or adult ourselves. Uh, and also those greatest fears and limitations, which Pluto also knows a thing about, you know, certainly fears, uh, because it's where we tend to bury our deepest, darkest fears. So these two planets coming together created this experience of tearing all the old structures down and needing to build new ones. And... That is what we've all been doing on some level for ourselves, right? Having to remove the structures that we had in place in our lives and almost having to live without having any structures at all, right? Like we kind of all woke up one day and we're like, oh shit, now I've got to like structure my day. Or not. Well, yeah, because either I am just going to flow or some people had to actually continue with the structure they were in and because there were people who still had to report for their jobs and, you know, were on the front lines of this in some way and had to then deal with the structures that were in place in their own specific systems and how those were potentially falling apart right before their eyes. So it's obviously been a really intense time for everyone and, these retrogrades are going to continue on for these three planets, and they're basically going to take us back to uh, the points in our lives from the beginning of February. So we're going to get to redo the pandemic. In a way, yeah. Like we're going to get to reapproach it, maybe take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, which is why you do hear you know, a good amount of astrologers talking about how we are going to have to do all of this again, you know, but hopefully we'll come at it from a different perspective. And that's really where the Mars retrograde comes into play, and we'll talk about that. Um, In a couple months, when it happens, baby. No, no, well, we'll bring it up today. Oh. I think we should talk about it. Okay, getting ahead of the game. Yeah, no. We'll talk about it today. But uh, it's good to know that, yeah, Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto are all going to retrograde back into that space. So we're going to then, once they turn direct hit a bit of a reset button and be like, okay, now we're moving forward again and let's see how are we moving forward this time. So that parade's going to start in September, on September 13th, when Jupiter spins direct and then Saturn comes direct like two weeks later and then you have Pluto moving direct like a week after that. Got it. So really like from mid-September to the first week of October, we're... Right back where we started. Exactly. Like we're back to the beginning of February and it's like we wake up, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's like I was going to use the uh, reference of Peggy Sue got married, which most of you probably have never seen. It's a Kathleen Turner film. Oh, Kathleen Turner. Where she wakes up. It's like Back to the Future. You know I love Kathleen Turner. But not Back to the Future. It's not time. She basically wakes up as her younger self. Oh. 
Um, we're not all going to wake up, you know, how we were when we were like 12 years old. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm 10. Um, but you know, we all do on some level have, you know, yeah, this ability to walk through again, it's a thematic walkthrough, right? It's not like you're literally going to, uh, touch on some of the exact same experiences because that's actually a bit more associated with like the personal planets and we'll talk about the mercury and the venus and and the mars retrograde that's usually when it's like oh i'm actually like getting in touch with so-and-so again i'm actually having to like redo that assignment or redo that you know job or what have you these are you know outer planets they tend to be you know sort of larger in scope so again it's more thematic like, oh, okay, where was I then? Was I, for myself, I can say, you know, I was pretty scared. I had a lot of anxiety going. And even if I just think about myself, who I was in February, I was a bit scattered. I felt overwhelmed by doing a lot of things, but I was also really unfocused. And it was hard for me to attack anything that I had going on in my life because I just didn't know how to there were so many things on my plate that I was like well I don't really know how to touch any of them I don't I don't know how to like where to begin so I'm just not going to begin and I feel like I've gotten to a place now where I have even more on my plate but now I just sort of find a way to touch everything at one you know once during the day You know, even if I only touch something for like 20 minutes, I'm like, all right, I touched you. You're still awake. And I appreciated it. (laughs) I appreciate, yeah, I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll take those 20 minutes. I give you at least 25. Thank you. (laughs) But, you know, so I think that that is how we can look at this is that, you know, we can look again just at like how we were at that time, you know, take yourself back to how you were in February. And I was uh, hearing someone talk about this and they were saying how they use their phone, like their, um, not only their calendar, but also their photos. Like just looking at photos from like the first two weeks of February. And that gives you a sense of like, oh, right, I was there. I saw so-and-so. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Right? It like immediately helps pull you back to that space. Because I have a hard time remembering the past. Right. Like even last week. I'm like, who was I last week? But interestingly, like, you know, we were celebrating your birthday in those first two weeks of February. Oh, is that when we went to Tucson? It was, yeah. Oh my God. So we're going to get to buy crystals again? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but we did have a real like sense of peace at that point. So I think the goal is like, okay, if we can take ourselves back to that point of peace, but then instead of coming back to the city and being like, oh God, I'm scattered in this and that and I'm overwhelmed and I'm busy. It's like, okay, now how do we step forward from that place of peace? So just know that between you know now and you know September, October, we're just gifted an opportunity to really make sure that the way we're approaching the structures of our lives you know, literally like our day-to-day routine, uh, our work and our relationship to our work and how we're really connecting to our personal growth. And I know that all through the conversations I've been having with friends that those who are on a spiritual path are really feeling 
like they have grown like leaps and bounds in the last two months. And I guess I can say those I know who aren't on a spiritual path either just kind of feel overwhelmed or exhausted, but are actually coming to this point of like, maybe I need to start paying attention to what's going on underneath. So I just then tell those people like, well, yeah, keep going on that path because you have till September, October to really kind of like, you know, kind of redo some of these moments of like, turn within, pay attention and see what it is you need to let go of release on an internal level in order, you know, so that you can get a clearer picture for the future you want to be building for in your life. So those are the big collective, you know, group planets. What about Venus, Mercury, and Mars who affect us a little bit more personally, individually? Um, So maybe Venus. Can you talk a little bit about what the Venus retrograde is really inviting us into? Yeah. Now, the Venus retrograde started on May 13th, and it is going to last until June 25th. And this is taking place in Gemini. So she actually got all the way to 21 degrees of Gemini and then stationed and went backwards and is now going to be going all the way back to five degrees Gemini. So anyone who has anything between five and 21 degrees of Gemini, but basically anyone between, you know, with five and 21 degrees, which are most people, you're going to feel this on some level. And Venus is that planet that rules our relationships. You know, it's how we love others and also how we let others love us. Uh, But she then also is interested in our relationship to beauty and to art, uh, you know, to, to creation, to nature, Uh, And then also to money (laughs) and the beautiful things you can buy with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me more about that. (laughs) Well, yeah. So we're going to get a lot of gifts. Yeah, exactly. You can basically get gifts from all the people who didn't give you a gift, get you gifts on the first time around. Oh, okay. But something interesting that I thought uh, in regards to the Venus retrograde that I wanted to bring up was I was rereading Carolyn Casey's book, making the gods work for you. You better work for me, gods. Yes. Uh, And, you know, she basically talks about how when Venus goes into a retrograde phase, it's as if she is stepping into the underworld. Oh. Yeah, because she's usually sort of a bright, gorgeous presence in our lives. Uh, But when she retrogrades, it's almost like, you know, she kind of has to slow some of that down. Um, it doesn't come as easy, right? And what I thought was interesting was that in Babylonian, Sumerian, Mesoamerican, Native American, and subcontinental Indian culture, that Venus's return from the underworld, so when Venus turns direct... It was considered to be the time when she assumes the garb of her next incarnation. So it was basically like the, you know, emerging image of her in a new expression. 
And I even thought it was interesting that they said that, you know, that she writes that Venus's sojourn in the underworld commonly signaled a time when the elder women would gather to determine the course of culture upon her reemergence. So there's something interesting in that to me in that, you know, if Venus rules like art, beauty, all of these things that, you know, on some level she, when she goes direct again, it's like she gives us a sense of where the culture should be headed, you know, that it's almost like an awakening of culture, that we can start to relate to culture in a new way. So pay attention to what's going on around June 25th when she stations direct, because that will give us a taste of not just culture, but also like art and pop culture. Yeah. You know, like the new direction that's all going to be taking. Right. The new style. Yeah. And I just love the whole like idea of that. She's like currently like in a transformation mode. She's Persephone in the underworld. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like that is like the imagery there. So on some level, like we're all being called to kind of go into the underworld. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about Venus and Gemini being this opportunity really to get back in touch with your own thoughts, right? Your own mind, but then also your story. Like what is the story that I want to be telling about myself? Because culture is basically a story we're telling. Exactly. So it's really interesting that we're transforming the story of culture through our own personal stories right Mm -hmm. now. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Because people are primarily selfish. And so like you have to experience it firsthand before you're willing to kind of rewrite it in a more global way. Yeah. And this has affected everybody. I don't know a single person who hasn't been touched by this in some capacity. And it's forcing all of us to really look at our relationships with money and each other and our own thought processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Venus is like reemergence from the underworld. Yeah. On June 25th, it is like, and that feels like the opportunity to really like get a new hairstyle. Yeah. Well, and start to like really show people like how you are like the main character of your new book, yes. you know, or your new movie. Yes. You know, or opera. Or opera. Or lyric ballet. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I think like right now is that time to be like rewriting it, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's retrograde, right? It's rewrite, rethink. So it's it's really rethinking like your relationship, even just to like your own beauty, Mm. you know? And I think it's funny how you have all these people who are like, well, I'm just in quarantine and there's no one really to look at me or, uh, you know, so why do I have to even bother? But now on some level, everyone's starting to emerge again, right? Or or they're beginning to feel like, okay, I can come out. I can be seen a little more. So there is some of that of like, I have to also present myself out to the world differently, you know, and who have we all become, you know? And, and I mean, I know that's just like a little like surfacey, but there is something to that too of like, you know, yeah, what's my hair doing? Now, the thing that will complicate some of the reemergence is that Mercury will begin its retrograde phase on June 18th. No. Yeah. So the week before, the oh, two of them are both going to be in a retrograde space. Jesus uh, Christ. And Mercury is going to retrograde in Cancer. Uh, at 14 degrees cancer girl moody communication from i know moody communication and something else i was thinking about with 
a retrograding cancer, Mercury is the past. Oh, totally. So much like nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like she's going to be thinking about like who I was then, mm. you know, it could be kind of, I don't want to put it out there, but maybe for some, a little bit of a sad retrograde, right? Yeah. Like, remember when, like, everyone's going to really be feeling the emotion of, I can't just like go to the movies like I used to, you know, or even if in some parts of the country or the world, people can go to the movies, it's going to feel different and it's it's going to be different, you know, like going to a restaurant's not going to be the same if you decide to do that over the summer, you know, so I think there is going to be some of that nostalgia element. And by then, too, there will be a lot of people who just haven't been able to see. It's going to be a summertime sadness. Oh, for sure. That'll be on the cancer playlist. Honey, the cancer sure. season playlist. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, when you have the combination of that, here's Venus. Like, I want to reemerge. You know, I'm ready to, like, be beautiful again. And I'm ready to like share my beautiful mind, my new beautiful mind with everyone. But then that mind's going to get a little muddled with the retrograde element. So, you know, that week they're going to have the two of them kind of in touch with each other dealing with that. And then Mercury is going to stay retrograde until July 13th. Uh, so, you know, even once Venus does emerge, you then have the mercury element of it still asking you to slow down a little bit to reconsider your steps so all of this long-windedness to say like take it slow it's a meditative year everyone yeah like don't rush into anything right now and you'll feel compelled to probably gemini season right now People are going to be like, come on, let's just hang out. You're going to feel it. And look, if it feels really right in your soul and your spirit and you're good with it, then do it. But don't rush into trying to build the new you and the new life and the new patterns and the new routine and, you know, to get things off the ground. Like, I don't care what the fucking administration is saying. Like, we have to take our time mm -hmm. and do this right because there is some real, you know, astrologically speaking, there is some real, you know, evidence <laughs> that shows that, like, this is going to come back around in the fall. This space and time, this feeling, at least, you know, where we're at. And that's not to, like, panic anyone. But I do think if we allow ourselves to kind of be slow about it and methodical, we can approach it from a new perspective. You know, we can understand it a little more and understand ourselves entering into it a little better. Well, I love what you say about like not trying to like rush into like building the new thing, because I think we are still restructuring, like as far as these planets are concerned, going back to those late Capricorn degrees, like we're still in the restructuring energy, which means that you shouldn't be building anything, but I think you can rediscover. Yeah. I think rediscovering who you are is really what this Venus retrograde can allow for. And I think the rediscovery can continue in that Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. And then when Mars goes retrograde, we can like take a second try. It's like action moving backwards. We can redo, but you can't redo until you like rediscover the version of you that was supposed to make those decisions in the first place. Yeah. So you're a detective and you're on the case of who the fuck you are and you need to follow the clues. Yeah, exactly.
And I'm glad you brought up Mars because Mars is going to move into Aries. Talk about wanting to rush. And that's going to happen at the end of June. So it coincides with some of this business where we're like, I'm feeling antsy. I'm feeling like I need to, you know, get the new me out there. Mars is going to propel some of us to start doing that. And there will be like some things that you can start to really get going in that July time with this Mars energy. I mean, Mars like is most at home in Aries. So it's going to be excited. It's going to feel energetic. And you could maybe get a lot done in a little period of time. Exactly. But then come September, Mars is going to hit retrograde again on, or it's going to hit retrograde on the 10th of September. And it's going to be there through November 14th. So that's a good amount of time where Mars, the planet of action, the planet of getting shit done, slows the fuck down and says, mm, we're not getting this done exactly the way you thought you would. Now, we had a Mars retrograde two years ago. It was in the fall. And I remember it very well because I was producing a movie at the time. And I remember being really slightly terrified about being in production during a Mars retrograde because I just felt like it was going to bungle some of our day-to-day activities. And I swear it was physically one of the most challenging productions that I've ever dealt with. And we were constantly being bombarded with challenges to our day-to-day activity level. And I mean, we're still finishing that movie to this day. Like it's slow. I, I, I'm convinced that Mars retrograde like just slowed that process so much that we have to like wait until the actual Mar- next Mars retrograde to get the movie out, which it actually will be out during this Mars retrograde, which I'm excited about. I mean, talk about it like a Mars retrograde baby, right? So not to say you can't like do things during a Mars retrograde, but just know that like if you are going to do it, is gonna is gonna slow it down. There're gonna be obstacles. Yeah, and I think Mars in Aries is. I mean, I have Mars in Aries natally, right? And it's all about like impulse and initiation. Mm-hmm. And I think the word that has to show up in the retrograde is strategy. Like all of a sudden you're not going to be able to rely on your old impulses. Yes. There's going to be like blocks. Every time you just try to like do something, you're going to need to be more strategic about it. Totally. You're going to have to have multiple plans of attack. So it's not to say that you can't get anything out the door during the retrograde babies, but you're going to have to have multiple delivery. Uh, what is it called? Streams of delivery? Yeah. Delivery rivers? Sure. <laughs> Deliver- yeah, you're going to have to have multiple delivery multiple rivers. Multiple delivery rivers. But no, I think that's so true. And I love that you brought up the word strategy because I think that that is really important and honestly like something great to do during Mercury retrograde, right? Well, like, and I let think- me re-strategize this. Yeah. But I also think strategy is like a very big Capricorn word. Yeah. And so to have like the planet of work and expansion and transformation in the sign of strategy is what we can lean into, right? Mm-hmm. And that's And that's the square. Right, like the Capricorn uh, Aries is is the square. Yeah, and so we're having to work with like the initiation energy of Aries, wanting to just like do things because they feel good, because we feel in flow. Like, just trust me, I've got a knack for this. And then Saturn's like, no, like you need strategy. I'm in Capricorn. Yeah, like you can't just trust your gut. Like me trying to cut your hair. 
<laughs> so I will not be. I will have to learn a lot more about cutting hair before I try to do it in a Mars retrograde. Oh, uh, you won't be doing it during a Mars retrograde. Because I'll just like cut a big hole in your hair and then we'll <laughs> we'll get just be like having no. a buzz. Because I know that you'll just yeah. Because you could just buzz your head and look exactly fabulously hot and it'd be fine. Oh, thanks. But yeah, all of this just says like yeah, important to really be paying attention, taking it slow, and yeah, really consider what's trying to show up for you at this time. You know, what is your soul trying to teach you? And the retrograde time is that space where you can just slow down and sink into it. And look, even if you have to like run around and do a bunch of things, if your life doesn't like allow you, you know, just like hours upon hours of free time. Then you got to be slow on the inside. Exactly. You got to make everything on your to-do list a moving meditation. Mm-hmm. Like how do you really like just center with your breath in every experience that you're in, you know, so that you aren't overwhelmed and just making decisions that you will just have to redo later. Don't fear the retrogrades. We have to go backwards in order to go forwards to experience more uncharted territory we have to go back and pick up the things we didn't get the first time around exactly it's like when you watch a movie you love for the second time and you're like oh my god i never noticed like how amazing hank azaria is in the background of every scene in the birdcage and i only know that because i've seen that movie like a lot so many times so you gotta you know you're gonna watch the movie of your life a couple more times to pick up the things you missed so let's finish up with a little tarot card I just shuffled the cards. Nocha just woke up from his nap. He's looking pretty perturbed. <laughs> just take a moment, connect to the sound of me shuffling. If you have a particular question, you can ask the cards to make sense of it for you. And just know that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. And as always, we are asking for messages of love, light, and healing darkness, heart's path, soul's purpose. Show us what we need to know. Show us how the heart can grow as above and so below. So I'm just going to go ahead and pick here, and it's you. It is the Ace of Swords. Ooh, child, this card is stalking me, let me tell you. The Ace of Swords is a brand new story for your life. And this Gemini, you know, season, which is all about stories, is about really figuring out, like, what is the new story for your life? Like, this is your opportunity, my loves, to sit down and to journal out, like, what is the story you want to write with your life? And what is, like, that one beautifully constructed sentence that you're going to use to row you through, you know, the rest of your days? You can change your story in a couple months or a couple years, but right now, like, what is the story? What is the story you tell yourself about who you are and what you are doing? A sword is a story, and a good sword is like a machete. It clears your way forward. So if you've got a story that you are telling yourself that is just, you know, like poking yourself with a sharp stick over and over again, girl, where'd that story come from get rid of it we walk around with so many stories that we didn't even write in the first place like we inherited them from our family or our ancestry or our society and we don't have to use those stories anymore a story is something you agree to as true so figure out what story you want to agree to as true for you and make sure it's a really good one it's an adventure this is your once upon a time once upon a time there was a you doing a blank going after a blank you know, write in, fill in the dots. It's a Mad Libs. You know, it's you. It's an adventure. And this is your Ace of Swords moment. So pick it up and wield it like a motherfucker. Pick it up, y'all. I love you, babies. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to have conversations around all of this information. 
We love showing up here for you. Um, we are always available, you know, for one-on-one -on -one work. If you're feeling compelled, readings, astrology, tarot, healing, shamanic, breath work. Um, or if you just have questions, if there's something you want an episode about, let us know. Uh, yeah, you can always find us at our website, thespiritualgaze.com. You can email us at thespiritualgaze at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Instagram at The Spiritual Gaze, on Twitter at Spiritual Gaze, on Facebook at The Spiritual Gaze. And feel free to join us for our breathwork circles that happen every other Saturday. There's information about that under the webinars heading on our website. Um, it won't be happening for a couple of weeks, but we'll be having a cancer season webinar when we get closer to that astrological happening. Yes. But yeah, that's it. Again, thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate having you all as a community. Yeah, you guys are pretty awesome. Yeah, so continue to take good care of yourselves, to love yourselves. And as soon as it's safe to assemble, we promise we'll be putting together some sort of beautiful group gathering workshop retreat where we can all get together and hug each other and <laughs> do yoga together and pull cards and laugh in the desert sun. It'll happen. Until next time, sweet, beautiful cosmic babies, this has been your transit through the, the spiritual, spiritual game. game.